Well, good morning, Grace Life Church. <laughs> it is a beautiful Sunday morning, October 31st, and today is Fifth Sunday. And for those of you who forgot what Fifth Sunday is, you remembered really quickly when you walked on campus. And for those of you who are not here but are who watching watching from home, thank you for joining us. This is the most gorgeous uh, day we've had outside all year. It's the perfect day to celebrate new life with some baptisms and to welcome some new family members who are joining our church and to celebrate a lot of other things. And we have a special cookout plan for after the service, so stick around. Uh, my name is Tommy Clayton. I'm the lead pastor here, and we have some guests today. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet, I hope we can connect afterwards. But we have a traditional uh, welcome that we do to just remind us who we are, who God is, and why we come to church, why we need the body of Christ, why we need the refreshingly, ridiculously good news of the gospel every single week. So I'm going to read that, that greeting to you. To all who mourn and need comfort, to all who are weary and need rest, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, to all who fail and need strength, to all who sin and need a Savior, to all who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and to whoever else will come, Grace Life Church, this church opens wide her doors in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and offers you welcome. I'm going to pray in just a minute while our worship team uh, gets ready to, to lead us in, into the praise of Jesus. Uh, but just a couple of announcements first. First of all, uh, you'll notice we didn't hand out song sheets today. We do have some that we're going to pass out if you don't have this church app. But we have a really easy and safer way for you to follow along in worship today. If you have a smart device and you have the Grace Life Church app, it's called Chur just Church Center, I think, Church Center app. Get that out, and we have a new welcome page there. And if you'll go to the very bottom and click on songs, go to the Grace Life Church app, open it up, go to the bottom, and click on songs. And the lyrics for every worship song we're going to sing today are on there. And uh, the bathrooms are unlocked down the breezeway this way and down the breezeway that way. And I really hope you stick around. We've got a lot of exciting things to do even after the service. So uh, let the worship begin. Good morning, church. It's almost as cold as the auditorium out here. <laughs> I hope you are excited to worship the Lord this morning. This is definitely um, what I look forward to each week, to be here with you guys and worshiping the Lord. Um, I want to read some scripture real quick that I read this morning that just helped me prepare for this time we have together. It's from the book of Psalms, chapter 22, verses 22 through 28. It says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the, the, affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord, and may your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Amen. We worship a mighty God, and he will return one day. Not on a donkey with humility like he 
came the first time, but he's going to come with power and glory and authority. Now I will plug in my guitar. <laughs> All right. Would you stand with me as we worship? Dear Lord, we come before you with humble hearts and grateful hearts. We are just so grateful that you have blessed us with another day of life, Lord. And let us never forget every morning when we wake up, it is a gift from you. And let us use the breath that you have given us to return praise back to you. For you deserve all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, no matter what we're going through today, he is still worthy to be praised. No matter what we feel on the inside, he is not affected by anything on the outside of his sovereign will, and we can praise him for that. I want to remind you, for those who are just getting here, if you need the lyrics, um, go to the Church Center app, press songs, and there you have it. Pretty simple, I think. Um, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So, um, so again, if you need the lyrics, go to your Church Center app on your smart device, um, click on songs, and then you should have all the lyrics right there. If not, just say watermelon, and then it'll look like you're singing, okay? Let's sing House of the Lord.
on songs and you will have the lyrics all right you know I love I just love praise and worship because it just I don't know it just helps me fight you know whatever's going on in my life just to declare the truths of the Lord no matter what we're going through we can stand on the word of God and declare that he is true and he is good and he will never change and praise the Lord for that in a season that is so full of change People putting their hopes in this president, that president, whoever. My hope is in God, and he will never change, and he is in control of everything. So let's continue to worship.
that you are the Lord of all. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Father, and we can trust in you. You are sovereign and you are holy, Lord, and we don't understand what's going on. You do, and you are in control, and you are the everlasting God. And we praise your holy and blessed name, Jesus' name, amen.
praise you, Lord. You are the everlasting God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together as brothers and sisters in Christ, Father. And just pray for the rest of this service, Lord, be with Tommy as he brings this message. Let your word come alive to us, Lord. And if we don't know you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes to see the power and glory of your name, Father, and show us that we need a Savior, Lord, all of us. We are the weak in need of a Savior. We are sinners saved by grace, Lord, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, worship team. So just a, a couple of quick announcements before we get into the Word of God. First of all, where's Courtney at? Courtney, raise your hand back there. That is Courtney Wampler, our children's director. She does an amazing job. And if you did not encounter her when you walked in and you have younger children and you want a way, a helpful way for them to kind of stay engaged during this shorter message, uh, I should have said this earlier, Courtney, sorry about that. Go back there and see her. She has some coloring things that are about the passage I'm going to be preaching from and some gift bags and lots of other goodies to help your kids. And look, this is a family day, so it's okay. I don't want anybody to be paranoid or be distracted because you think my kid's moving around. This is, this is a family day. This is a day where all the families together. We do it about three or four times a year, and today God gave us an amazing day, so I'm thankful for that. So if you have a copy of God's Word, get it out. Uh, if you have a smart device with an ESV, English Standard Version, get that out. Or if you want to go back to that Church Center app Kyle was talking about and go down to the bottom where it says the Word, you can read straight from the passage we're going to read from. We normally ask some of our children to come and read today, but uh, instead we're going to get one of our students to come and read. So I'm going to invite my helper, Callie, to come over here. Turn to Isaiah 9, Isaiah chapter 9, and we're just going to be reading the first nine verses this morning. I grew up in a church, and they would say, when, you, when everybody gets there, say amen. amen. <laughs> Thank you, both of you. All right. Oh, nine. I'm sorry. I said nine, didn't I? Nobody corrected me. Isaiah 6, 1 through 9. There we go. sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Thank you, Callie. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into the Word together. Lord, help us to focus our attention just for the next few moments on this passage. 
and the vision that you gave to your servant, Isaiah, and how you want that to impact us today as we think about the world around us or what's the storm that's raging in our heart that seems out of control. Lord, we need a heavenly glimpse to just be reminded who is on the throne, who is controlling history, who is calling the shots, who's writing the story, where it's ended, where it's headed, and, and what role we play and the amazing event that, that culminated at the cross and the resurrection. Lord, help us to, to see it today and feel it, experience it, and understand it, and be changed by it forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever walked into your living room and plopped down on your favorite place on the couch, or maybe your favorite easy chair, uh, and you looked up to, to get your program going, and you realize, wait a minute, this is not my show, not my jam. I don't like this program. I don't know who changed the channel, but where's the remote? Anybody ever ask that question? I have a lot of kids, and every single day of my life since the first one was old enough to walk around, I have asked that question. Who put this thing on? I don't like this show at all. I want to change the channel. Who's got the remote? When we say that, what we're asking is, who has control? Who's pulling the strings? Who's making the decisions? Who picked this story? I don't like it. I want out. I could have sworn my cat had the remote one day. There was like kitty cat YouTube going. I'm like, who, who watches this stuff? Well, when things seem out of control and scary and painful, we want to know who's responsible, don't we? Who did this? Who do I have to thank for this? Or who can help me? Who can change this? What's going on? Isaiah the prophet had those questions, except Isaiah was a prophet. He, he really knew the answer. And I think this is appropriate for us. Probably most of you who came here today, if I ask you, who's writing the story? Who's controlling history? Who's in charge? Who's on the throne? You would probably all answer, well, God is. We know that up here. But so often when the storm begins, when chaos hits, we need to be reminded of that answer, don't we? I do. Every single day of my life, I need the vision that God gave Isaiah. Maybe you do too. So let me explain to you why Isaiah needed it maybe more than he ever had in his life. Look at verse 1 in, in chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Uzziah died. That's just, if, if you're not careful, it's just a blip on the map of your Bible and you'll pass right over it. But there's some history here. So Uzziah was a powerful king. He was a wealthy king. He was a rich king. He was, he was like an inventor. He was like a Steve Jobs and... Uh, a Thomas Edison and a great architect and a great farmer and a great ruler all mixed together in one. He had been in control of Israel for longer than I've been alive. I'm 46. He had reigned as king for 52 years. And everything went well when he was the king for the most part. Okay? They had prosperity. All their enemies were held at bay. Life was good. Life was good. You wanted to be an Israelite during those 52 years. But you know what happened to Uzziah? This is another sermon for another day. He got proud. He had so much power, so much wealth. Things were going so good for him. He had the golden touch. He got proud. His heart was lifted up, and he thought, you know what? I'm a king, and that's, all, that's well and good, but I could also be a priest. I could be a prophet. I could do everything. And he walked into the temple, and he offered incense to the Lord. He, he was trying to perform the duties of a priest, and you know what happened? God struck him with leprosy, and the Bible says he died a leper. So here's this famous king who had a lot of fame, but he died in shame. He died disgracefully, and this was a shock to the nation. Imagine, the same guy that had been on the throne for 52 years, everything was going 
great. One day he died, suddenly, unexpectedly, disgracefully, shamefully, and then everything started to crumble. You would be thinking, what's going to happen now? Are the Assyrians going to attack? Are there people waiting in the shadows to exploit this when we're at our weakest, most vulnerable, when we're confused, when we're afraid, when we're angry? Isaiah was wondering those things, and he was the prophet. He needed an answer. Maybe something similar to you is happening. Maybe not in the world at large, but maybe where you're at right now. And children, I'm talking to you too. Kids have painful things that that they go through, things that are in turmoil at home, things that are in turmoil at school. You're asking hard questions. Why is the world like this? I thought there was a God and that he was in control, that he was powerful, that he was wise, that he was good. I'm not so sure anymore. God knows that we have questions like that. And so Isaiah's vision, he went to the temple. I believe he went to the temple and he saw an amazing vision that gripped his heart. And here's what he saw. Check this out. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Now, hit the pause button there. What an amazing vision. There's the dead king that died disgracefully. And then Isaiah went to the temple and he saw the living king. And I got to be honest with you. When I'm on an airplane ride and it's starting to get bumpy and there's, what do they call it? What's the word for that? Help me. See, I was just making sure you were listening. It's turbulence. And sometimes it's just a little bit of a rattle and a pit paddle here and there and it's no big deal. But when it gets worse and it doesn't stop, I start to get nervous a little bit, don't you? Who do you look at to make sure that everything's okay? Who do you watch? Well, you don't really see the pilot unless you've got a lot of money and you can have access. You look at the airline stewardess, but yeah, let's go with the pilot. If you want to know, are things okay? You bust through the cockpit and you check out the pilot. If he's sweating, you're in trouble. If the pilot is, is pacing and walking up and down and he's starting to cry a little bit, you're in trouble. The same thing could be true if you're on a boat and the waves are crashing and you don't feel like anybody's driving this thing. You go up to the main cabin and you want to see, in fact, quick story for you. Me and one of my best friends, Jeff Beckert, uh, man, I'll keep it really short. We got invited by a couple that wanted to start doing tours on the ocean, fishing tours, and they had a little boat. And they said, will you be our guinea pig? And we said, heck yeah, free fishing tour. We'll do it. So they took us way out, and they took us back in, and they took us to Ponce Inlet, which is a really windy place. And there's a jetty there with, or am I saying it right? Yeah, the rocks. So he's out there, and he throws this little bitty tiny anchor down at the bottom of the ocean, and we, we catch. And uh, we're starting to fish. We're enjoying it. But then the anchor, all of a sudden the anchor turns loose, and we start drifting, man, toward the rocks. And he's starting to, like, mess with the engine and mess with the anchor. And I'm like, are things okay? He looked fine. And then he tried to start the engine, and it started, and it died. Uh-oh. rot row raggy And then we're getting closer to the rocks, closer, and all of a sudden he picks up the little radio. And I kid you not, he says, Mayday, Mayday, boat in distress, Ponce Inlet at the jetties, headed for the rocks. And I think, this is a joke. Somebody's punking me. And then his wife hands me a life jacket, and she's crying. And I'm thinking, okay, it's time to panic. (laughs) And the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard, I wish I had a PowerPoint. I'd show you the picture. Coast Guard came and rescued us. It turns out the anchor got coiled up in the propeller. And so we were sitting ducks, man. We were sitting ducks to be crashed on the rock. So I looked at the captain. He panicked. I panicked. You look at the pilot. 
He panics, you panic. Isaiah wanted to see the king, and he saw the Lord. And, and the word there in Hebrew is Adonai. It means sovereign master. I love that. I like that training. He, he looked, he, peered, he peeled back the curtain. Anybody ever seen Wizard of Oz? You know what happens when Toto rips down the curtain, and there's this booming voice, how dare you, the great and mighty Oz, you've offended me, and Toto pulls the curtain, and there's this little bitty guy in the back with a loud microphone. And he's sweating, and they're like, oh, okay, he's calling the shots. Everybody's going to die. It's almost as if Isaiah went behind history, and he pulled back the curtain to see who was there. And he saw sovereign master of the world, of the universe. And he's not standing pacing. He's not cold and clammy. He's not nervous or afraid. His hands aren't sweating. He's sitting down with a majestic robe on, and there's this crown on his head, and he's seated. Don't you love that? Will that help you? I'll give you another story to tell you how this should impact you. So, John Patton is one of my favorite missionaries because he went to the hardest place to reach in the world. He went to the New Hebrides Islands and the South Pacific Seas, and savages live there. And you know what? They have a weird custom there. If you show up on their island uninvited and they don't like you, they eat you. The kids stopped color and they were like, yeah, that's right. It's called cannibalism, and it's legit. They do that. And John Patton knew that, but he still, from his childhood, he had a heart. He said, I could hear the wailing of the savages, and I knew God wanted me to go to them. And he went, even though the last missionaries that went there were eaten. He went, and sure enough, they were savage. They were angry. They did not want the white man's religion on their island. And so you know what they did? They surrounded him. All, natives surrounded him. This was after his wife and his child had already died. And he was there, and they were all surrounding him. They were holding spears. They were aiming bow and arrows, and they were aiming it right at his face. He came there with a message from King Jesus. And here, here is what John Patton wrote about what was going through his mind and heart when that happened. Let me just read this. It's sticking together here. Let me read this to you. He said, My heart rose up to the Lord Jesus. I saw him watching all the scene. My peace came back to me like a wave from God. I realized that I was immortal until my master's work with me was done. The assurance came to me as if a voice out of heaven had spoken that not a musket would be fired to wound us, not a club prevail to strike us, not a spear leave the hand in which it was held vibrating to be thrown, not an arrow leave the bow or a killing stone the fingers without the permission of Jesus Christ who has all power in heaven and on earth. He rules all nature, animate and inanimate, and restrains even the savage of the South Seas. Did you hear that? God has the remote control. <laughs> He's seated. He's enthroned in heaven. He's surrounded with glory. So check, check this out. This is what these angels say. Not only did he see that, this is, what, this is what else he saw. Above him stood the seraphim. Do you know what seraphim is? It means the burning ones. It's an angelic term in Hebrew. It means the burning ones. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of angel. If you go to the Hallmark store, you think of fat, little, chubby, naked things with little wings flying around playing harpsies, right? That's not, what, that's not what this is. These are flaming, angelic creatures that God made simply to praise Him and to serve Him and to serve us. And they are probably on fire above the throne. They're flaming. And they're saying, excuse me, above him stood the seraphim, each had 
six wings. With two, he covered his face because they could not even stand to look at the holiness of, of God here. With two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That means the God of armies. Holy, holy, holy is the God of armies. The whole earth is full of, what's that word? Glory. It does not say the whole earth is filled with chaos and turmoil. Don't you love that? Because when the pilot comes on and says, in the event of a water landing, I don't like that, do you? That's not what God says. He says, Isaiah, I know it's rough down there, man. I know it's like a storm. He says, I look out, and all I see is glory, peaceful glory. Glory means weighty. It means heavy. It means God's, the word here is sovereign. God is unequaled, and he's unrivaled. I used to watch boxing when I was a kid, and they would always introduce the heavyweight champion, and they would say something like this. And here is, back in the day, Mike Tyson, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. But that doesn't last very long. They get old. They get slow. They gain weight. They get heavy. They're disputed. They're contested. They get beaten, right? God has no equals. He has no rivals. He's uncontested. He's undisputed heavyweight sovereign ruler Adonai of the universe. And the whole earth is filled with his glory, not ours, his glory. He's saying, Isaiah, I'm writing this story. William Shakespeare wrote a play once, and in it, one of the characters said, Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury and signifying nothing. Not true. Sorry, Will. Not true. Life is written by God. He's the sovereign master. He's orchestrating all of history. He's moving it toward its ultimate conclusion. Yes, he struck King Uzziah with leprosy because King Uzziah rebelled. God was sending a message. But he's the true king. He's the living king. And he's in control. So when Isaiah saw that, that was the first thing that God reminded him of, who God is. This is who God is. He's sovereign. He's holy. He's glorious. But that led Isaiah to a crisis. Because look, when you see God in all of his glory, all of his justice, all of his holiness, that becomes like a mirror through which you finally see yourself accurately for the first time. Right? And Isaiah finally gets it. Look what he says here. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. These seraphim, these flaming angels are repeating that. They're praising God. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, this is Isaiah. He's saying, and I said, well, isn't this awesome? You know what he said. He says, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Do you know what Isaiah says? He says, I am, this is what this means in Hebrew, I am coming apart at the seams. I'm falling to pieces. I'm decimated. I'm finished. Or to use the uh, language of the, the young people, I'm done, <laughs> right? You're done, Isaiah. You're done. He wanted to crawl into a hole and hide himself. Why? What happened? Because he saw God up close in, in 4K, right? Accurately, not pixelated, not blurry, not obscure. He saw God for who he really was. For the first time in his life, Isaiah saw God. And when you encounter God in all of his glory, all of his justice, all of his power, all of his holiness, you know who you see? For the first time, you see yourself. Because, friends, when we're just looking out here, I can always find somebody that's worse off than I am. And it makes me feel really good about myself. I can watch a Netflix crime drama and watch a serial killer and say, I'm crushing it. 
I ain't killed nobody. I'm doing great. But then you see God in all of his holiness, and you read his law, and it says, you know, if you're angry in your heart, you've killed somebody. Or if you've looked at a woman and lusted in her and she, after her in your heart, you've committed adultery. You see God's holiness, his standard. You see Mount Sinai. It's thundering. It's quaking. And then you begin to thunder, and you begin to quake. I mean, don't you feel, don't you feel broke when you're in the presence of a millionaire? I do. Do you feel foolish when you're in the presence of true intelligence? I do. I feel I'm the dumbest guy in the room usually anyway, so that's easy for me. When you're, when you're in the presence of true beauty, do you feel ugly? Who remembers the, uh, the story, The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Remember Quasimodo, as I used to say his name? He was this hunchback. He was a wretched creature. Look, I'm, I'm just telling you the story. Not ju- don't judge me. He's a wretched creature. He's hideous to look at. He's deaf, but he's not blind. He can, he, can, he can look in a mirror. And he falls in love with es- Esmeralda, this beautiful gypsy girl. And he rescues her from a cruel master. And he, he's swinging on these ropes. And in one version, one movie, he takes her up to the cathedral. And he looks at her. And he looks at himself. And he turns away and he begins to weep. And she says, Quasimodo, what's wrong? And he says, for the first time in my life, I see true beauty. And I see how ugly I truly am. That's what happened to Isaiah. When he was in the presence of the purity and the holiness and the justice of God Almighty, he saw himself for the first time and he says, I'm a sinner. I'm guilty. I don't deserve to be alive. I want to find a, hill, I want to find a rock or a cave or some place to crawl under because I feel like a worm right now in the presence of God. When you see God for who he truly is, you see yourself. And it's not good because God's holy and we're sinful. He's pure. We're, we're unpure. He's clean. And we're unclean. And those two things can't dwell together. Unstoppable object, immovable force, oil, water, pick your analogy. So we got a problem here. we got a crisis. So what happens? How did Isaiah walk out of there a free man? Well, let's look at the rest of this. He says, I'm unclean. He's not, he's not just saying I have a dirty mouth. Isaiah knows he has a dirty heart, right? And he says... I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me. Can you imagine how paralyzing this will be, man? One of these flaming angels starts flying towards you. I'd be like, go away. Get away from me. You're going to catch me on fire. They flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. Let me ask you a question. Why would a burning angel need a pair of tongs to take a hot coal from the altar? Because this is much more than a hot coal. This is, this is going to represent something painful, right? Something powerful, something painful, something a human being or a creature can't accomplish, can't carry it, they can't do it. He had a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth, the part of Isaiah that he felt that his filthiness was most manifesting itself. And he's a prophet. Humanly speaking, he's probably the most righteous person on the planet. Humanly speaking, I speak as a man. And that flaming angel touched Isaiah's mouth with the hot coal from the altar. What happens at an altar? Sacrifice, death, blood, atonement, sacrifice, cleansing. He touched my mouth and he said this, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. That's glory right there. That's the gospel in the Old Testament. 
He sees God for who he is, sovereign, majestic, powerful, untouchable. He sees himself as an undone sinner, unclean, coming to pieces. He's decimated, and God knows that, and so God has made provision. He sends one of his messengers with this representation of, I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to purge you. I'm going to atone for you. I'm going to wash away all your iniquity. I'm going to make you a new person, Isaiah. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a clean heart. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to transform you. And that's what happened to Isaiah. In John chapter 12, Jesus talks about Isaiah. He says Isaiah saw, says Isaiah saw God's glory in the Old Testament, saw Jesus' glory. This is a picture of what Christ was going to come to do. And then Isaiah would spend the rest of his ministry telling people about this suffering servant who accomplished this. Isn't that amazing? But it's not finished yet. But wait, there's more. Because <laughs> other people haven't seen this. Only Isaiah. Only Isaiah saw this. And he needs to go tell people about it. But they're not interested at all. Check this out. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go. Now, I had Callie stop there when she read it. But there's more. He said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes. I mean, I could keep reading. In other words, God is sending Isaiah on a mission that he will not succeed in. Because nobody wants to hear the message. Nobody wants to hear about the suffering servant. Nobody wants to repent and turn back. But Isaiah, what he saw, what he's felt, what he's experienced has so transformed him, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He says, I'm here. I'm ready. Send me. I'll go. God is basically telling him, you're going to lose your life over this. And he says, I don't care. My eyes have seen the king. I can withstand anything. I'm galvanized. I'm fortified. I'm ready. I'm built up. Send me. And God does. And Isaiah would spend the next 66 minus 6 chapters spreading this message to people. And then the tradition tells us that he got sawn in half by another king, Uzziah's grandson or great-grandson, Manasseh, one of the most wicked kings in the Old Testament. He got tired of hearing Isaiah, and he said, cut that fool in half. But you know what? I will bet you if we could see a vision of Isaiah, this is so gory, I'm sorry. If we could see a vision of Isaiah getting torn in half, I bet he'd be smiling and saying, I don't care. My eyes have seen the king, and now I'm going to go to him, and I've finished his work. I was immortal until I finished his work. Let me ask you a question. I'm closing with this. Have your eyes seen the king? Have you seen the king? Has it changed you? Has it transformed your heart? Has it purged you? Have you seen King Jesus? Have you seen what he would come and do on your behalf? He would put himself between a holy and a just God whose righteous anger was ready to be spilled over on us like this great river being held back by a dam and finally breaking and flowing out. That's what the word for wrath means in the New Testament. Jesus came and he absorbed all that wrath for us, all of God's anger, all of God's fury, all of God's judgment. Jesus loves us so much, his love led him to do that for you and for me. What an amazing message. That's the gospel. You can be changed. You can be cleansed. You can see this God and all of his holiness and glory. See yourself, and you can ask the question, I'm coming undone. I'm decimated. What, what can I do? And I would say, look to Jesus. Look to him and ask him, Lord, will you please cleanse my heart? Will you please forgive me? Please deliver me. Save me from your wrath. Save me from my sin. Save me from myself. 
put this message in my heart. Let me go and share it with others. That's the message that God has given us. That's the power of that message. And every single week at Grace Life, we preach this message in new and fresh ways and in fresh places from the Bible. And you know what? We're going to celebrate today in just a few minutes. We're going to baptize three people whose eyes have seen the king. And they've been cleansed. They've been delivered from darkness. Praise God. Praise God for that. And we are going to welcome, if they're all here, 13 new members into this family that God is growing. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. Before, before we do that, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I want you to think, as I pray, I want you to think, have you really seen God as he really is? Not the God that the culture will tell you about. That's okay with the way everything is and he kind of winks at sin and he's a pushover. No, not, not the God I just read about. This God's holy and just. Have you ever prayed to him and said, Lord, I know who you are. And I know who I am and I need your help. I need to be changed. I need to be cleansed. Have you prayed that? You can do that today. You can beg. It's not the quality of your prayer that matters It's if your heart has really been broken. God will never despise a broken heart. You can crawl into that throne room. You know what? Now you can find a throne of grace because Christ is seated on it and his hands are are pierced with nails. His love kept him on that cross. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your willingness to save sinners like us, to trade places with guilty rebels, to, to, to climb up on that cross, Lord. And to take our punishment for us, to trade places with us, to become decimated, to become undone, to to come unraveled as you were separated from your father for the first and last time. That's what we deserved, all of us, Lord. You came unraveled in our place. You were decimated in our place. You suffered God's anger and wrath in our place so that we could become whole again, so that we could be beautiful, so that we could be your messengers, Lord, and carry this treasure and, and jars of clay and take it to the nations we think of patty today who's in ireland she's taking this message to the nations we think of our ambassadors lord at grace life we're representing king jesus in all the cities we live in in our homes in our neighborhoods at work at school in hard places and hard to reach people like that new hebrides islands help us to do it lord with the same enthusiasm that isaiah has because our eyes have seen the king here i am Send me. I pray if anybody here has not been able to say those words, today they would say them and mean them, and you would do a miracle in their heart. I pray all these things in the name of King Jesus. Amen. Well, I think we have some uh, announcements, and then we're going we're gonna to get ready to baptize. If you're a baptism candidate, use these next few minutes to get ready and gather over there. And the rest of you, just sit tight for a minute. Diane? two announcements one special announcement um the two announcements have to do with um halloween trick-or-treaters if you um pass out candy in your um at your uh, home would you mind grabbing some grace life christmas cards and maybe you know put one in each family you know one of the kids each family Drop one of the um, our cards in. There's a, a bunch of them at the welcome cart at the front. That would be uh, wonderful if you do that. And then um, we also have the outreach that was announced last week that's going to be at the Kakari's house in Deland. Courtney has flyers um, over 
at the kids' table. It's going to be at 6 p.m. tonight. Um, they're going to have candy, games, face painting, all kinds of stuff. So um, they have about 200 kids that usually show up every year. So, and this is just in, in one little neighborhood. So um, they could use your help. And also, uh, as Tommy was saying, you know, an opportunity to preach the gospel. I know they're not just handing out candy. They're building relationships, and it's word and deed, right? So if you have time and you'd like to be a part of that, uh, please grab one of those flyers that um, Courtney has in the back, and um, it has all the information that you need on there, phone numbers, address. Uh, and then if you are going to that, if you can bring a, a bag of candy, that would be awesome. So we have one more announcement. It says, um, as you may know, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. And you're probably thinking, okay, but it's the last day of the month. And that's mainly because uh, Tommy doesn't really like all the hoopla. You know, uh, each year we try to just, we, we want to honor him and, and we want to do something cool. But he is just not really about having a table set up every week. And um, so you know, I, we honor that, you know, we don't want to force him to do something that, uh, that he just doesn't, he doesn't care to do. So, but I would like to call not just Tommy up, but um, Tom, if Tommy's kids are, are close by, would you come up too? And then also um, Matt and Alexa and Haddon, you guys can come up. So we have added a new pastor to staff this year, our discipleship pastor, uh, Matt and his um, wife Alexa and their little boy Haddon and the reason why I'm asking the whole family to come up which today I don't know if you noticed the, the rocking chairs over to the right um, we really just want you to look at that as a visual take a picture we're not going to have Matt and Alexa and Haddon sit in those rocking chairs the whole time like a reception line that would be totally awkward we would not do that but it's just a reminder when you see those, oh, I'm going to go introduce myself to Pastor Matt. Okay, so um, take some time to do that today, uh, later on. Do we have all of the, we, oh, we're missing, we're missing Marshall. Oh, okay, that's okay. All right, so um, we just recognize that it's not just a, the pastors, right? It's their whole family. Uh, their kids sacrifice, their wives sacrifice for ministry, and we really do appreciate y'all. saying why is the new pastor's basket so small I'm glad you asked because um, tomorrow sometime tomorrow we'll have a list on our events page for all of you to have an opportunity to bless Matt and Alexa with filling their pantry and their fridge we're gonna call that um, stock the pantry and they just moved into their house yesterday here in Deltona which is awesome um, and then, uh, yeah, we'd love to, to stock their, the pantry for them in the fridge, and I'll have a list. So tomorrow, probably, you know, toward the end of the day, check that out. You can bring those items next Sunday when you come. We'll have a cooler. We'll have bags um, to put all of the groceries in. Or if you happen to be somebody who signed up to bring them a meal, feel free to just, you know, drop it off then too. Okay, and now if I can have the elders come up. Steve and Cliff, they are going to pray for these pastors and their families. 
and we just love and appreciate you guys. Hello, Grace Life Church. You guys are going to witness something good because we're going we're gonna to lay hands on this fine man, and you're going to witness something that has been done not only by the early church but also Israel, how when somebody was given a position of leadership, the leadership that existed laid hands on them. So we're not only bringing him before the Lord and his wife, but we're bringing him before you just to, to show that this is a person that we are putting in position of leadership as a, as a servant leader, as we know what a shepherd is. And uh, so we are going to ask God's blessing on him and show that before everybody today. Father, we lay hands on him in the name of Jesus and just recognizing the call that you've put on his life. This man and his wife have sacrificed so much. Uh, he has dedicated himself to study. He has went to school and just sat underneath uh, men and women who brought the word and taught him the word. And he, they, have, um, they, they have revolved their life around educating themselves and putting themselves in a position to serve. And Lord, we're just happy and blessed to be a part of what you're doing in his life, to give him an opportunity to work for you, Lord. Not a, he's already been working for you, but now he's going to be working in a, in a full-time capacity. And Lord, we present him before you, Lord, as we have labored in prayer and thought and conversation uh, about bringing this man on. And we thank you for, for the provision that you've given us, Lord, uh, to compensate him financially and his family, Lord. And we pray that you continue to bless this church and bless him, Lord. And God, just bless him with the power of your spirit, God. Give him vision for uh, whatever you have for him to do here. Give him uh, ability, Lord, to do what you're going to call him to do here, Lord. And creativity and just the ability in the spirit, Father, to fulfill your call for him here at this time, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Elder Steve is going to come over here and pray for Pastor Tommy. We're going to bless him. Father God, what a, what a great time to um, come to you in worship and praise. And Lord, as we do so, we are so thankful that you have, have brought uh, Matt and Alexa here, Lord, and to, to continue the work that, that Tommy and Sarah have spearheaded. Lord, you, you amaze us with the, your provision for Grace Life, your provision for each one of our lives as you, um, as you sit on your throne and you're continuing to work in our lives. Lord, how, how blessed we are uh, to have Tommy and Sarah and the family here um, working alongside of us and, and leading us, Lord, and opening the word to us and showing us and demonstrating us to us the love that you have demonstrated to them in the past, Lord. We are thankful. We are thankful for um, each one of the children that's represented here this morning. We thank you for the ambassadors that, that are carrying on the work as well. And Lord, we just, we're just thrilled, Lord, to see um, the growth that you have have brought here, the people that you have brought here, the new members, and Lord, maybe most important of all, to see um, 
the waters of baptism this morning. Lord, what we are all about in this community is is telling about you and what you have done. Thank you again for the Clayton family and uh, the blessing that they are to each one of us. In Christ's name, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, we're dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just a uh, couple more things to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask all the members that we're introducing today, come on up here. You're not going to have to give a speech or anything. I just want everyone to recognize you, and I want to pray over you. Those three of you that we're baptizing, you're up here too. You're going to join. Matt and Alexa, you can just stay up here. You're joining. You read the membership book, right? Yeah, come on up. New members, it's all right. Come on up here. Let everybody see you so they can know your name, and they can uh, pray for you and get to know you better. So to join Grace Life Church is easy. If you can get in the kingdom, you can get in our church. And we ask people to share their testimony. That just is a fancy word for your salvation story, how you came to met Jesus. And they've all done that with a leader or an elder. Uh, and they have read the membership book that explains what membership is and what it's not. Um, and I think that's it, right? That was the three steps of uh, get saved, share your testimony, read the membership book, talk to a leader. And so I'm just going to ask them if, if they would. Can we turn this back on so they can uh, just share their name? And then I want to pray for them. I'm going to let them use my microphone. How's that? Just, just state your name, and uh, if you want to say where you live, that's good. Lillian Russell, DeLand, Florida. Can everybody hear that? Lillian Russell, DeLand. DeLand, right? Jeannie McGrain, DeLand. Mark McGrain, DeLand. Sean McGrain, DeLand. Tom Bay Thomas, Deltona. Alexa Carr, Deltona. Matt Carr, Deltona. <laughs> Joan Drake, uh, Orman. Don Drake, Orman. Barbara Hellwig, Deltona. Jess Hellwig, Deltona. All right, what a beautiful group of people. Let's, let's, uh, there we go. Let, let's pray for let's pray for these. And if you don't know them, get to know them. We're about to have a, a big cookout. The burgers are going to be ready. I think they are ready. The hot dogs. You'll get some instructions on how to do that in a second. But let's pray first, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the light of your beloved Son. Thank you for bringing people to our church, Lord. Maybe who have been out of church for a while, or who have moved and have looked for a fellowship a place they can belong, a place they can be a part of a community and can do life together and can share their burdens, share their joys, do the one another's. Lord, we're more than just uh, people who gather once a week. We live together on mission together for you. We suffer together. We rejoice together. We die together, Lord. And uh, I, I pray you would bless these members for joining. Keep them just in the center of your will. Help them to use their spiritual gifts. Leverage them, Lord, to see your kingdom grow and to see the name and fame of King Jesus spread all throughout the world, starting in their own living room and their neighborhood and uh, the edge of the earth. We pray all these things in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, well, now let's do some baptisms. So everybody can just turn your head that way. We got a baptism trough over there that we're going to use.
Hey, Diane. Uh, what's the, when they go inside there to eat, what are the instructions? They're, they're uh, changed it up a little bit. Now they'll go to the far side so they won't get bottlenecked over here. Okay, so walk same through direction. those? Yeah, walk through, but they're going to go all the way to the back of the cafeteria. There, there, there are two lines. Mm -hmm. They're serving them, themselves today. Okay. And then um, follow, go through the two lines and then loop back around. The two lines on both sides of the same table? Both sides of the same table. Perfect, thank you. All right, here we go. Splashed, right? <laughs> I can get you in here. Come on up here, Sean. Can everybody see me okay and hear me? This is Sean McGrain. Man, I preached with a hat on today. I'm glad we're not a legalistic church, guys. I'm sorry. If that offended you, forgive me. I, I forgot. I told Sean, if I, ever get a, if, if I ever get a hair transplant, I want him to be a donor. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> this is Sean McGrain, and uh, I had a lovely time with him a couple weeks ago. We sat down at uh, Boston Coffee. He shared his testimony. I knew him when he was a little bitty kid. Growing up, I served in the youth group he was in, and just hearing his journey, man, hearing how he came, came to Christ. Jesus drew him irresistibly, powerfully, sovereignly, brought him into his kingdom. And uh, I love, if you don't know Sean, you're going to want to spend some time getting to know him. He's one of the sharpest, intelligent, I'm not trying to make you embarrassed. He's just, I just feel dumb when I'm around him, but he doesn't make me feel dumb. You know what I mean? I just know he's sharp. Um, but Sean, I want to ask you a couple of questions, man, or maybe one question. Have you repented of your sins and trusted totally in the finished work of Jesus Christ to save you from your sins? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Get in there. Step in here. You may want to get on your knees or sit sit on your bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move his over here. Yeah. Well, Sean, based upon your profession of faith in Christ Jesus... I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, having been buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life. Woo! All right. <laughs> this is Tombe Thomas, and I was able to go and visit him. Yeah, you're a teacher here. What do you teach? He's an assistant football coach, and he teaches ESC. And I was able to come and visit his classroom. He's an amazing teacher, and these kids love him, and I can see why. And he was, he was able to share his testimony with me. Uh, originally, what was the name of the place that you're from? South Sudan. South Sudan came to America, got into some trouble here in America, and uh, found Christ. Or rather, I should say, Christ found him and rescued him. So... Tombe, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, my brother. Have you repented of your sins and trusted completely in the finished work of Jesus to save you? Amen. Step in there, brother. Now, now leave some water, all right? <laughs> Tombe, based upon your profession of faith in Christ Jesus, I baptize you, my friend, my brother, 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, therefore having been buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom. All right. Lillian. This is Lillian Russell, and there's a condition. We're making a provision. We're going to be Presbyterian today, okay? We're not going to immerse her under. We're going to give her a sprinkling. And uh, if anybody has any questions about that or that troubles you, come and talk to me about it. The mode of baptism to me and to most historians and theologians is not nearly as important as what it symbolizes. And baptism, amen, thank you. Baptism symbolizes, and I should have said this at the beginning, there's no, there's no magic in these waters, okay? This is simply a picture of what has already happened. Baptism does not save you. You can't be saved by going under the water and back out. Christ has saved us by going under the wrath of God and reaching through death and pulling us out. And this is just symbolic of that, uh, being buried, being raised, bring, being atoned for, being sprinkled. So, uh, Lillian, I want to ask you a question. Have you, and she wrote her testimony and sent it to me, and it's beautiful, just the journey that God had you on um, and how he's found you and rescued you. Have you repented of your sins and trusted completely in the finished work of Jesus to rescue you and save you from your sins? Amen. Well, based upon your profession of faith in Christ Jesus, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I can hug her because she's dry. <laughs> let, me pr let me pray. Let me pray for these three. And then uh, before I... It's on Grace Lock. So does all kinds of goodies. Especially, I want to say, parents. Feed your kids lunch before you go, okay? You don't have to go spend any money at a restaurant. And this is our time to fellowship. So Matt and Alexa Carr... Get to know our family. We're all over the place. But I want to and, and pray for our time together. Here's the instructions. Walk through the double door all the way to the back. And you can get on either two lines on either side of that table and get your grub on, okay? Let's pray. Thank you for new life. Thank you for your saving power. Thank you for your ability to rescue and save anybody, no matter how far from God they have drifted how sinful they are, how messed up and wrecked and chaotic and, and stormy their life is, Lord. You can save. You have a mighty hand and a strong arm, Lord, and all of us could testify to that, and we do. Thank you, Lord. We were undone and decimated just like Isaiah, but you came and you stood in our place and you delivered us. Thank you, King Jesus. Be with these three. Be with Sean and Tombe and Lillian. As, as they walk with Jesus, as they find their spiritual gift and use them to serve you and make you known. And be with us. Bless this food. Thank you for Mark spending all that time cooking this food for us, Lord, in the back while we worshiped up here. Uh, and just bless and anoint our time together today. Thank you for Matt and Alexa coming. May we get to know them better. May this be a place where they can plant themselves deep, Lord, and, and, and die here. That's what we want to do. We pray these things die a long time from now, Lord. Not, not, not yet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the food. Hey, buddy.
Welcome to the kingdom, guys. Love you, brothers. Thank you, man. Isn't that great, man?